4: Listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Radio.
5: Uh, Dak Prescott, a mistake for the Cowboys in their game right now against the Giants. You can see it on Fox. Welcome in as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. We are talking quarterbacks in the National Football League, and it appeared Dak Prescott thought he got the Giants to jump off sides, so he threw a ball out to Michael Gallup that really had had no chance, and the only chance that it really had of being caught was by a Giants defender, and that's exactly what happened. But there was no flag on the play, Aaron. So Dak Prescott, a turnover in Giants territory. New York gets the football back. As Monty told you, up three nothing on the Cowboys. Bad uh, you throw. know, what's that? Bad throw. I, I, I'll just say, I do feel bad for Cowboys
6: fans. I know it's like a running joke in our business. Oh, you know, whatever. Like, like let's make fun of the Cowboys. I mean, we're talking 25-plus years now for a a fan base that loves this team, lives and breathes this team, Um, and like, it just, I don't know, I I could be just totally wrong. It feels like since the the last time the Cowboys were really like a legitimate contender, it just feels like, you know, the Giants have won a Super Bowl, the Eagles have won a Super Bowl, the Seahawks have won a Super Bowl, you know, um, the Broncos the obviously the Patriots it it, the Jets have made a couple AFC championship games it just feels like can they just have their one moment like like you know we don't need to give them a a Lombardi trophy but can they just make a little run can they not have the worst possible thing happen at the worst possible time like running a QB draw with no timeouts and they can't get up for another like can we just give them something nice because I don't know how many uh, uh, Cowboys fans that you're friends with Dan but you know you see them throughout the year and you're just like Like, how you hold it up? And it's like, ah, you know, Cowboys. Yeah, you know, like, I I
5: feel bad for him at this point. I do. There's something to it because what is great about those fan bases is that there are highs and lows. And and a lot of times with the Cowboys, whether it be in the 70s or uh, in the Jimmy Johnson era, uh, there were a lot of wins. There were a lot of wins. And so they were able to peacock with a lot of stuff. However, the good part about it is when they lose or, or if they lose in a tough fashion, Gee. then you can have that back and forth. To your point, there hasn't been a lot that's gone right for Dallas. And even when they've been good, they've then lost in a disappointing way. Mm-hmm. So there's not even like the give and take of it. Exactly. Of, uh, this is good. And that's, you know, that, that's the other thing with like the Patriots. Like there was no, there were very few take. This one makes like the helmet catch. So great, because New England usually won those games. Yes. And in that one, in the biggest one that they ever had to play, they didn't. So there's usually a give and take, and it just seems like right now everything is being taken from the Cowboys.
6: And it's been that way for 25 years. I mean, it's not, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't think of, you know, like the Patriots. Like, it's still fun to, you know, to to see the Patriots score three points and say, (laughs) oh, Belichick, I guess he's just not going to hire an offensive
5: coordinator. I'll give give you a perfect example. Sure. Perfect example. The Carolina Panthers came into the NFL in the mid 1990s. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's when they start in the NFL. That's so when the Cowboys peaked. Their last Super Bowl was Super Bowl 30. It was uh, 1996, would have been when the game was. 1990, uh, fall of 1995 would have been the season. That was the last time that the Cowboys won a Super Bowl. So Carolina comes into the league. Not only were they a new team then, when the Cowboys won, Aaron, they went to a Super Bowl and Super Bowl 38 and lost to the Patriots with Jake DeLome as their quarterback, uh, went through some awful times, ended up a decade later, you know, they're close to it and getting Cam Newton as their quarterback. Then Cam Newton takes them and they go to a Super Bowl mm-hmm. and lose. And now they're in another situation. So like Carolina's like gone. First of all, they started oh, as go, a team man. when Dallas last won and you had so many different roller coasters, but you had ups and downs. You had MVPs, you had Super Bowl appearances. Dallas has had nothing of that. You could almost argue that the Panthers are a more successful franchise than the Cowboys over the last 25 years.
6: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think even like what I said is, you know, the Jets, as bad as they've been. They've made two AFC Championship games. The Minnesota Vikings, who we just talk about as this, uh, you know, this hard scrabble team, nothing ever goes their way, has made NFC Championship games. To your point, under two different regimes, kind of in that Randy Moss, Chris Carter era '98, and then a few years ago with uh, with Case Keenum. And so, and oh by the way, they're in good position to potentially get the number one seed this year. Um, you know, or at the very least, have a very advantageous path for another deep playoff run. So sure. I mean, when we're talking about the Minnesota. Vi- Vikings now, they haven't had the Super Bowls that, that the Cowboys had uh, you know they haven't had the Super Bowl say in the last 30 years that the Cowboys had but we are now in fact talking 25 plus years since the Cowboys had that run and so I mean I'm somebody in my, my now mid to late 30s I barely remember that Cowboys run so literally pretty much anybody under 35 who's a Cowboys fan has no recollection of it at all so you just think about again the Panthers having two separate rebuilds that culminate at the very least in a Super Bowl appearance. The Jets a, a, a three-year run where they're a really exciting team with Rex Ryan even if it doesn't go their way. How about the Buffalo Bills? Hard Scrabble. Lose to the Cowboys in one of those playoffs. Now they have one of the most dynamic young players in the sport in Josh Josh Allen. Uh, the Vikings, as I said, the Kansas City Chiefs who were hard Scrabble. Obviously we know about them. The Tampa Bay Bucks, the New Orleans Saints. I could go on and on, Dan Byer. And yet the Cowboys are always
5: just good enough to let their fan base down. Basically, you just can't say the Lions and Browns. That's, That's true. It's, it's The Bengals just made a Super Bowl. That's yeah, my boy. Yeah. Let's. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on the, on the. If, and if you're just joining us, uh, we were tight last hour. We played a sound clip of Doug Gottlieb, the host, normal host of this show. We're in for Doug on this Thanksgiving. A Happy Thanksgiving to you. But Doug was responding to the comments made by uh, Emmanuel Acho on Speak on FS1 when he called Justin Herbert a social media quarterback and that he didn't get the criticism that that other quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa would get if they threw an interception to end the game like Herbert did Sunday night against the Chargers. And Doug called it the worst take out there now. The, I think the worst take ever maybe was his uh, response. You wanted an opportunity, but we were tight on the clock to talk about Justin Herbert.
6: I, I was just mostly going to agree with with you and Dan, or you and Doug, excuse me, Dan. Um, I, I don't have anything super strong on this, but I do think, you know, Trying to go viral and I'm not Saying that's what Emmanuel Acho was trying to do But you know you have these little 15-30 second clips that do go viral It context gets taken Out right and, and all I was going to say Last hour is it reminds me you know I, I Host kind of our college football recap show On Saturday night and two distinct Things come to mind when we talk about this Justin Herbert thing and Doug broke Down hey if you take into account Injuries and this and that you can't compare Him to two or, or this or that is One you know in the 20 twenty three NFL draft, there's a lot of Will Levis, he's the quarterback at Kentucky buzz, and it seems like every time he has a bad game, Jason Martin and I are on air, and we kind of do this back and forth song and dance of like, man, he really doesn't look good, but He has a terrible offensive line, no run game, maybe one NFL wide receiver, as opposed to Bryce Young, who has this, CJ Stroud, who has that. Um, And then I think the other one that comes to mind, too, is the Texas A&M thing, is that that it's fun to kind of poke in them, but they are like and nobody ever wants to acknowledge this because they're they're really bad and they have a highly paid coach, whatever but they're down to their third string quarterback I think they, they're they now up to three offensive linemen that are out with season ending injuries and like there is a reason that they are as bad as they are outside of maybe just Jimbo Fisher being overpaid but again because of the way our world works sometimes you don't get context so that's all I was going to say was I think there's examples across not just the NFL but football and sports in general where you can take this one theme give it no context and you, you sound smart doing it but then Doug laid out the context behind why Justin Herbert doesn't win at this insane level um, and it kind of pokes holes
5: in a lot of the arguments now how many teams across the league and I'm not telling you to name them but just you know ballpark number I'm not going to hold you to it and say what about this guy how many teams do you think in the league would would trade their quarterback for Justin Herbert? It's a great question. See, that's the whole, and that's exactly right. Right? Is it, it's it's you can
6: count them on one hand, and it's probably significantly fewer than five. So it's a yeah. great, perfect example by you. Yes.
5: Yeah, and that's and that's you know that's the that's part of it as well. So it's not just social media because other GMs would great call you know salivate at the opportunity to uh, to acquire. And if you had an opportunity to take one of the three who are you picking you're picking Justin Herbert in that scenario mm-hmm. and 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 so and that's like if, if they told you Jalen Hurts or Justin Herbert i, I just it's it's a no brainer Take sure. Justin Herbert. If the Dolphins had the draft over again, for as great as Tua is having, a great year he's having with the Dolphins, I'm not so sure they wouldn't take Justin Herbert again you know this time around. So, yep. so like that's that's where we are. I think when it really comes to evaluating Justin Justin Herbert, but I also think we're in such an interesting spot in the NFL where Emmanuel Acho is saying that Justin Herbert's a bad quarterback. Have we looked at the quarterback? I mean, that's what he's insinuating, right? I mean, he's you know that he's not as good um as two or jalen hurts look at the look at the quarterbacks around the national football league i mean it is it is just i mean it is not good and we're in week 12 we're hitting hitting the you know two-thirds mark of the season here there's going to be some interesting names taking snaps under center there already have been some interesting names uh, taking snaps under center and and now you've got bigger names being hurt You know, the whole Matthew Stafford thing with the Rams, now now he's dinged up. It worked for a Super Bowl, you know, absolutely worth it to do the deal with the Lions. I just wonder now, when you look at the struggles that Russell Russell Wilson is having, and maybe you look at the development of Tua, you look at the development of Jalen Hurts, do we think that going out and getting a veteran star quarterback was just like a a one-off or a a flash in the pan? Because I think the Russell Wilson experiment with Denver may, you know... Make other teams have cold feet when it comes to being like, do we really want to pull off this trade with all this draft capital to get a guy we aren't entirely sure that he's going to be our, you know, star quarterback? I I think the I think the Wilson situation does have some teams maybe you know having cold feet.
6: I I think what it comes down to is it, it does. What it really reminds me of, frankly, Dan, is I think. There's always in in football it's the quarterback, and I think in the NBA it is the established superstar. But and, and maybe in baseball there's an analogy, an ace pitcher. I don't know where if you have the chance to get that guy you just do it, right? If, if you're the Broncos and for years since Peyton Manning has retired, you just have not had that guy and Russell Wilson obviously has a 10-year track record at this point of being an elite NFL quarterback, you gotta do it and it hasn't worked out and is it on Russ and is it on Nathaniel Hackett? Was the other talent on the roster overrated? I don't know um, but I also think you know we look at the NFL right now if, if Aaron Rodgers said, I'm not coming back, if the Packers said, we're not bringing you back, there would still be a line for Aaron Rodgers but but what I, I just think in general in the bigger context of sports I do think that, that we, we always kind of just default to the well you know if you can get this guy you gotta give up whatever you can sure and I, I do think like I don't think it works out nearly as well nearly as often as we think, and I just think even to the NBA, you know, yes, the Lakers traded everything for Anthony Davis, and I know one of our our caller slash hosts last hour said that that you you should, you know, whatever with Anthony Davis, but, you know, we – like. I guess it was a win for the Lakers, but they also had every circumstance break right in terms of the pandemic hitting Anthony Davis gets healthy, whatever. And I think we will look back at the end of that, uh, at the end of the Anthony Davis year, and say, was it really worth it? Did he really deliver on what we thought that he would? The Clippers are going through the same thing. Russell Wilson in the NFL, to your point. So I don't think it's going to give anybody hesitation. If hypothetically Aaron Rodgers were to become available, I just don't think it nearly works out as often as we just assume that it does
5: yeah and and i think that there are instances where we think that player um is good when maybe he isn't and i'll give you a couple of situations one very short term one very long term do we really know if the 49ers won the christian mccaffrey trade with the panthers sure i have no idea you know but we, we we treat christian mccaffrey's arrival to san francisco like it's the you know greatest thing on earth when the seahawks acquired jamal adams for two first round picks my goodness The Seahawks got an all-pro safety now look at where they are like like it it took us it took the Russell Wilson deal for people to forget how bad the Jamal Adams deal actually you know (laughs) like so like I mean it's erased on how bad the Seahawks whiffed on that deal and so many different you know different reasons so yeah so I just I I don't know if Wilson is the one-off I do think that it would give pause to certain teams now though especially if you're bringing in a first year head coach like if you're an established head coach and you've got your program and you think this is the guy like Sean McVay was with the Rams absolutely but if you're trying to marry all these pieces maybe a new gm maybe a new head coach and a new quarterback i think that's difficult and that's what i think would give teams pause let me ask you a dumb question how much and there's no way to know the
6: answer to this but you know russell wilson just turned or will turn 34 in a couple days here actually about a week from now so 33 you know you look at tom brady you say you know okay in theory russell wilson could still have another six seven eight good years and, and whatever how much does Aaron Rodgers, who's about to be, what, 39 years old, like how much do you think that would impact the market where, you know, Russell Wilson, we, no way we could have seen this coming. Plus, he's 33 years old. He's a young 33 when you've traded for him, as opposed to Aaron Rodgers, who, like Russell Wilson, has a birthday coming up, would be 39 years old.
5: I'll tell you what. I think that there would there would be a lot of teams that would just take the one year and roll the dice. Sure. Um, like the Colts did, you know, for the last really <laughs> – last couple of years, you know, like Philip Rivers. All right, we're one quarterback away. 49ers. I mean, honestly. I think the Bucks you know.
6: did that to a degree with Tom Brady. It was a two-year yeah, deal, absolutely. but it's like, hey, if we get one Super Bowl appearance out of this in two years and he retires, it's a success.
5: Obviously, he's back for your three. So that's a fair point for you, but I thought it was an interesting thought. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Bayer. Welcome to the Fox Sports Radio Tailgate, presented by the Big Green Egg. Nothing beats the flavor of live fire cooking on a big green egg. It's the most versatile grill you'll ever own, backed by a lifetime warranty. Roll with the best shop online for free delivery at BigGreenEgg.com. Lifetime warranty, free home delivery, BigGreenEgg.com.
4: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: Covino and Rich here, and whether you're headed to a campus to see some college baseball, meet up with old friends, or show off the alma mater to your kids...
1: Nutrafol.com, spelt N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot promo code C R show. That's Nutrafol promo
2: code C R show.
5: He's here on Torres. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Radio on a Thanksgiving. Glad to have you with us. John Ramos show coming up in about 10 minutes or so. Let's get right to it. Talking NFL with our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider that you can find on Twitter at Kaplan NFL and hear him on the Inside the Birds podcast and Sirius XM NFL radio. Adam Kaplan joins us. Happy Thanksgiving, Adam. How are you?
7: Good, guys. I hope you're doing well. And it's certainly been an interesting day of football so far on Thursday.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Aaron and I were just talking about uh, a team that's not playing today that will be in your city on Sunday night. That's the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Um, we were debating – it wasn't even a debate. We were trying to figure out about Jordan Love. Is it time for Jordan Love to get some snaps in Green Bay?
7: No, they're not going to do it unless unless Rodgers just can't throw. We know that the, the, he's got the right thumb fracture. I suspected that anyway because – boy, the ball did not come out of his hands well against the Titans in, in, in that loss. He just didn't throw well. No, he's he would he would basically have to pull himself out of the lineup. But that that's what would have to happen. There's no talk of it. Uh, now they are still alive for a playoff spot. They're two and a half games out of the last wild card. We're not at that point. Rodgers will be the starter at least two more seasons based on contract structure, unless he retires. Yeah, that's the crazy. The craziness is is I mean, Jordan Love will have one up having one or two starts for, for, through the entirety of his contract with, with the Packers as a former first round pick, and it's. It's really not because of performance. Just that Rogers decided not to retire. They he wound up not getting traded, though. Obviously, he wanted to at some point. Then he he got his contract done. So yeah, it's it's a very unique situation with Jordan Love and the Packers. I'm shocked that his, his agent never asked for Love to be traded. It's kind of, being that there, folks, here's a little number for you. Once once uh, Deshaun Watson starts next week in, in uh, week 13 for the uh, for the Browns at the Texans there have been 17
6: teams changing quarterbacks this season at a minimum. 17. Wow. Well, one of them that is uh, <laughs> making a change, you know where I'm going this week, uh, Zach Wilson. I know there was technically other starters earlier in the year. Mike White, uh, well, really two things. I mean – Robert Sala, obviously, on Sunday says, benching him is the furthest thing from my mind, and then, of course, he, of course, benches him. Is this a performance thing, or is this a, we need you to grow up in a hurry because you're the face of our franchise thing, Adam? What, performance,
7: what maturity, leadership. Those are the three. I mean, you can rank it any time, any way you want. He's been pitiful. He struggled. You know, He had the meniscus trim surgery that kept him out four weeks. That clearly crushed his timing. This was late in August, early September. That's why Joe Flacco started. The strangeness of the situation is Flacco got demoted four weeks ago. I, I that, that, to me, made no sense. In fact, Flacco couldn't understand what, what the point was of doing that. But the fact of the matter is Mike White, who showed some promise. He had a great game against the Bengals last year. Uh, he got hurt against the Colts with a knee injury. and In another game he played, he was awful. He threw four picks. But it's just temporary. I mean, we, we know who Mike White is. In fact, there's a saying around quarterback coaches around the National Football League. The longer you start... Backup players, the more they look like backups. Two, three, four games. Look, ask the, the commanders this about Taylor Heineke, right? Yes, they've turned their season around. They're not, they haven't turned around because of Heineke so much. It's been their defense, which has been incredible. And the the one difference between Carson Wentz and Heineke is Heineke's really not turning over very much. But in this league, you've got to throw the football. And the Jets, by the way, getting back to them, they've got a really good pass target group. And they're not getting the football. And this had to happen. And yes... Wilson's got to grow up a little bit. His comments were ridiculous, and he, he, needs, to, he needs to own up to it. It, it. It's okay to own up that you're not playing well. They,
6: you'll, get, you'll be respected by your teammates more if you own up to it. Adam I think I know the answer to this but you know we've seen kind of uh, you know some of his teammates now that the apology has been made have said you know it was heartfelt it was sincere what did you hear about that locker room and how things were handled you know Sunday Monday Tuesday after those initial first wave of comments
7: yeah so that so just so you know the time the quarterbacks found out Tuesday as I understand it, that who was going to start and then uh, the news got out after the Wednesday morning meeting and later on that Wednesday uh you know Wilson was accountable, and he did. He said the right things, from what I understand, and the Jets are happy with that. But he's kind of the kid; it doesn't seem to get it. It's kind of it was there. Was, it wasn't a situation like this last year, but from what I understand, is uh, the maturity has always had to be better. And now that he's been embarrassed by this, you would think that sometimes the light would go on. And one thing about the bench before he moved on, it I remember Andy Reid saying this when he coached Donovan McNabb. He 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 benched McNabb multiple times and. He had said sometimes you have to take a step back to take two steps forward, and it really worked for McNabb. I'm not saying it's going to happen with this kid. McNabb's a former MVP, but let's not forget Wilson was taking second pick overall last year, and he's going to get the job back. It's just they'll make
5: a decision what it looks like and when they'll do it. Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, extended version of the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Bayer. I'm curious about tonight. Um, are, we, are we putting too much on Kirk Cousins' shoulders? Hmm. Uh, I mean, it's a primetime game, trying to bounce back from that horrendous effort against the Cowboys last week, or or is tonight uh, a big game for Kirk Cousins and
7: so? So, a couple things, Dan, on what happened last week. So, let's not forget they had an incredibly emotional victory over the, over the Bills in Buffalo. You know, bad weather, you know, it's cold and and still te- a lot of scoring and crazy plays in the game. I know it's a non-conference game, but you know I was talking to a coach earlier this week. He goes, "I get." He goes, I, "I'm." Gar- I, he said, "I guarantee you, they were gassed coming out of that game. That they were emotionally drained. Although the the next game was at home against Dallas, and they wound up losing by thirty-seven, they just were not there for that game. They had nothing left. And now, now you're on a short week, which actually should be good after getting embarrassed like that. Uh, we'll see how they respond. And look, the the Patriots guys, by the way, their offense is very tough to watch. Their defense, though, was really since that awful Chicago game. That Monday night game, they've been terrific since then. They're carrying the offense right now. Let's not forget, with Josh McDaniels gone and Matt Patricia calling the plays, who's never called plays at any level in his life on offense, this offense looks different, and it's a work in progress.
6: And my, I hate to keep going back to the Jets situation. I do sure. have one kind of final, like, last thing on this. And it's something I've, I've talked about a lot on my show. So I host on Saturday nights during the year in which Zach Wilson was playing at BYU, starring at BYU. It was the COVID year. There was no teams on the West Coast playing um, outside of BYU. And a lot of his games were on during my time slot. So I saw a lot of him during that season. And I always joked with my radio partner at the time, Arnie Spanier, I never once saw a guy that was the definitive second best player in college football behind Trevor Lawrence. As much as you can remember I know we're two and a half years removed at this point why was it such a home run that Zach Wilson had to be the guy at number two? Because we knew for years Trevor Lawrence was a generational prospect. He was going to go number one overall. <laughs>
7: Although, by the way he's not but that's another story we can talk about. He, that You're right that that was the narrative but it was completely false. It was a bunch of people don't understand what they're looking at but that I've had that, that conversation <laughs> with the NFL people. They kind of laugh. Okay. Because it comes, it comes a narrative. Yeah, he's not that good. He, well, he's a so- very good college player, but he's nowhere near close to those, that good at the NFL level.
6: So okay. that might be my, my follow-up question, okay. but my first question is, what was, it just felt like as the draft process unfolded like months in advance, before we even knew the official, or it was, well, it's Trevor Lawrence at one, but you yeah. can't pass on Zach Wilson at two. What was it that happened during that time frame that NFL people saw or the, the people, the decision makers, it just felt like it became universal and I never understood why it had to be Zach Wilson mm, at two? It, well, see, Matt, okay, so th- this
7: is the Lance draft, right? Yeah, Lance and yes, Matt Jones, correct. if I'm not
6: mistaken yes and justin fields as well yeah
7: right, and justin fields so so fields was the farthest away probably from from that group and then lance as well lance had uh, lance's lance is incredibly talented he's just super raw fields you uh, played at a better schedule than wilson also a guy that's uh, you know, pretty gifted but the thing that it, if you look at the group wilson pretty athletic kid great arm a lot of talent uh, a little raw, so he needed further development, and we saw some of that. You saw some good stuff. I mean, people beat up Wilson uh, for the way he's played with the Jets, but he actually had some good moments last year. Uh, but the thing is with Mac Jones, he was probably the best processor. We're talking about a guy you could play in any offense, and, and as you saw, it became solid immediately. Then unfortunately, Joshua Daniels leaves, but to get back to your question, yeah, there wasn't any – I would not say – it was just for the Jets, okay, just so you understand the Jets – Felt he was the best. Not that he was not the consensus number two guy. That I could tell you that for a fact. You asked me to go back, and I know that in my notes. That was the Jets thought that he was a a, a not generational, but a a great prospect. And there's so much that, that you like in terms of arm strength and athleticism, but he's so messed up right now. He's so in his own head. He can't function right now. And one, another nugget for you with the Jets. The unfortunate passing of Greg Knapp last year, who the Jets brought in to be his quarterback coach, one of the best quarterback developers in the league for about 25 years. Uh, he it, His passing, unfortunately, he was brought in there to develop Wilson. And remember they brought John Back, the former BYU quarterback, ironically, uh, to train him last year. Um, so they've got a very young quarterback's coach. And Matt LaFleur's brother, Mike, is the OC. He's very young. And I, I, to me... They, they might have to look at something after the season uh, in terms of bringing a little bit more experience at the quarterback position in terms of coaching. I think that's probably something they're going to have to do.
5: Well, you're our consensus number one insider, and we are thankful on this Thanksgiving Generational for all talent, of your too. Yes. Inside, <laughs> Tell me what. Inside that, info, <laughs> Adam. We appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us on the holiday and can't wait to talk to you Same again. Same to you guys. Thanks, thank man. you. Adam Kaplan. Get him on Twitter at KaplanNFL. Leave. Or stay for the John Ramos Show. Oh, I'm staying. Oh, boy. Buckle up. It's that time again. Now.
4: Does it get any better than this? I think not. It's the John Ramos Show. Ramos! It's the John Ramos Show. Hi, this is the John Ramos Show. This
5: is the John Ramos
4: Sports on Fox Radio. Huh? Here's John Ramos. He says exactly what Suzanne tells him to say.
8: Ramos! John Ramos. Shut up, John. Yeah, here we go. All right. Gobble, gobble. That's right. Hey, it's a special Thanksgiving edition of the John Rommel Show. So if you're eating your turkey, stop (laughs) and let me entertain you. It's a dream come true to do this show. Given this opportunity to work with creative people and beloved friends, it's all icing on the cake. There's no drama here. It's a show that's going to strike that rare balance between sports and pop culture Good evening, everybody. We have a great John Rommel show for you tonight on Fox Sports Radio. For you, it's Turkey Thursday, guys and girls. Oh, yeah. Make sure to always use the hashtag, the John Rommel Show, and hashtag Fox Sports Radio. On tonight's Turkey Tuesday, we want to interact with you, so please tweet in and tell us who is the biggest turkey in your life. Is it your cousin who comes over to only once every year? Is it the next-door neighbor who asks for you to have an extra butter? Or is it your best friend who you invite over for Thanksgiving dinner and he drinks all of your beer? (laughs) Oh, Oh, they're still playing. (laughs) Supposed to be the laugh there. Anyway, uh, here on the John Ramos Show, we like to know it's National Chicken Day. Did you know that, Dan? My favorite is Uh, the leg. What is your favorite? Well, John. It's we welcome in ball. our main sidekick, <laughs> Jason Stewart, who's here in our industry. We call him J-Stew. He's so good to have him here. Welcome, Jason Stewart. What up, John? What up? Oh, Jason, just want to first congratulate Jeff Saturday on getting the head coaching job of the Colts with no coaching experience in college or professional level. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great story. And it's nice it's nice to get, for you to give him credit for that, John. Hey, did you see I am up for the possible senior assistant of sports programming here at Fox Sports Radio? Wait, what? Yeah, over 25 years of being a tech producer, I am in the trenches, and lots of people say I'm the smartest person of the entire show due to all the technical stuff. Well, that's good and everything, but that doesn't qualify you to be the senior assistant sports programming here at Fox Sports Radio. Not really. Uh, I'm just a drinky buddy of uh, Scott Shapiro. (laughs) (laughs) Hey! (laughs) Coming up next, do we really need NFL games on Thanksgiving? It's a holiday, for God's sake. Find out next on the John Ramos Show. Jadam, we should... (laughs)
5: I've never had a neighbor come over and ask for a butter. A butter? I've had them ask for some butter, but never a butter. In
8: 1958, they did. A butter. Oh, sorry. Everybody, let's give it up for Christmas music! Oh! Remember, in radio, it's never too early. Also, we have a John Ronald show on the Fox Sports Radio exclusive. Something you won't hear on any other show in the country, radio, TV, or see on any website or blog. Should the Lakers trade Anthony Davis? Hmm. Good one. I'll tell you later on tonight's show. Plus, we celebrate the fact that there is no Amazon Prime pre and post game NFL shame show today. <laughs> but right now, <laughs> but right now on the John Romo Show on Fox Sports Radio, it's time for a brand new segment.
4: Yes. yes. And oh, yeah. one and only. Sometimes we overlook teams in all sports. They're great, but we fail to see it. The John Ramos show gives you the teams that are under the radar. 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 Under Under the radar. Under the radar. 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 Radar.
8: Radar. Radar. Under the radar. Hey, I want to shed some light on teams that are flying out. <laughs> I hope it was that. Under that radar, you are just not hearing enough about them. Let's start with the NFL and the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> How about moving on to the NBA, everybody? That's right. It's the Milwaukee Bucks. And of course, even though the season is over and the team was overlooked through most of the season... It's the Houston Astros. <laughs> no, Never. Why do we even have point spreads? I'll tell you next <laughs> on the Sean Ramos' show. <laughs> oh boy! Let's hear it for Christmas music. Yes. yes.
5: yes. <laughs> this is. 2023's Christmas music.
8: It's so early. Dance music at its finest. I feel my juice is really flowing now. <laughs> oh. Some hot. Also coming up on the John Rommel Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hashtag the John Rommel Show. I know you've been waiting on this and I will tell you why putting your money in a dumpster and lighting it on fire is more fun than playing in an NFL super, uh, survivor pool. <laughs> Plus, why NFL kickers should all retire? (laughs) But now, let's play a game. Let's play, what if I told you? All right. What if I told you, Dan, let's start with you. What if I told you that Josh Jacobs would be leading all fantasy football running backs in points after 11 weeks? Would you have drafted him? Uh, yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Aaron, what if I were to told you that Saudi Arabia would be would beat Argentina in the first round of the World Cup at 20 to 1 odds? Would you have bet on them? Uh yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Monsi, what if I told you that Chipotle stock, which opened at $44, would balloon to $1500? Would you have bought that stock back then? A uh, duh. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <I can't. laughs> That's all the time we have for tonight. A big thanks to everyone who tweeted in using the hashtag The John Rommel Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Also, a big thanks to Christmas Music being tonight's special musical guest. And, Jason, how is your big turkey?
5: Oh, geez.
8: Hell. Wow,
5: man, a Thanksgiving edition. Uh, I am curious on the status of Jason's big turkey. Um, That is for sure. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports. Oh, um, (laughs) sorry. John, if they uh, need to reach you on social media after the show, where can they find you?
8: The John Ramos show.
4: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: Covino and Rich here. And whether you're headed to a campus to see some college baseball, meet up with old friends, or show off the alma mater to your kids, spring is prime time in college towns. And if you're planning a trip, two words for you, graduate hotels. There's no better place
1: to stay.
5: uh, Dak has not been looking good today for the Cowboys and the Giants trying to add some points right before the half. Welcome in as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. We were just talking about back up quarterbacks and the guys that are going to be maybe playing or will be playing in week 12, Aaron. And I wanted to make this point. Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, is going to join us in 20 minutes. And Adam joins my Sunday show that I do with George Reister. And Adam and I disagree on this topic we have in the past, but I I, I don't agree with the, average, the adage of you got to have a good backup quarterback in the NFL. Hmm. And, and the reason I don't. I don't believe in it is because I don't think that there are 32 good quarterbacks in the NFL. Great call. Therefore, how in the world can we expect, you know, 48 of them? If half of, you know, if, if you're going to have some of those be backups to teams. Now there may be a team that has two good quarterbacks, but then that also means that there may be a team that doesn't have any good quarterbacks like the Carolina Panthers, you know, (laughs) as we were just talking about. And so like for every Jacoby Brissett, I think there are three or four teams where it doesn't matter who the backup quarterback is because if the starter goes down, the season is over. And so, like I I, I just I I hear a lot of like you know people that gotta have a good backup quarterback. Uh, No, you don't because your season's probably done. If if you know San Francisco, another maybe exception to the rule with all this, but there are just very few San Franciscos as opposed to a lot of other bad situations around the league.
6: So, two quick thoughts. One, Jacoby Brissett is by definition the exception because of the fact that they specifically brought him in knowing they were not going to have a starter yeah. you know and Jacoby Brissett probably ended up there in large part knowing that he would have the opportunity to play so that's one two as we're watching the Giants Daniel Jones is probably a backup that is a starter right now and so here's my quick question I know we got to get to some Aaron Rodgers updates and stuff but how many true like elite quarterbacks are there and what I mean by that is Daniel Jones is a starter um, um, but he's looking better because of Brian Dable. And so my question is, how many guys are there that are truly like, they would start no matter who the head coach is, who the offensive coordinator is, what the circumstances, whatever. I think it's probably under 10, right? Mahomes, um, you know, whoever, Josh Allen, uh, you know, Herbert, okay. Burr, all the guys that we talk about. But like... I don't think there's anywhere close to 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL to prove your point. Daniel Jones is probably closer to a backup than a starter. It just happens that the Giants need one. There aren't 32 qualified guys. I think that's actually the perfect example
5: of exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's almost like even like if you, if you have let's just say Kirk Cousins, um, you know, Kirk Cousins. I think you know is around that generous. Uh, number yeah. eight range, maybe more realistic, ten to thirteen, ten to fourteen. But you know, if if it was if Kirk Cousins was on the Giants, take away Daniel Jones' Jones's mobility, Kirk Cousins is the starter. He is, and, and, and honestly, he'd be the starter for the twenty other teams that you know are, are below him in the National Football League. Like that's, but that doesn't mean that there are, you know. 12 great quarterbacks you know to yep. your to your point there's just you know the, there there are some guys that are just guys and they're out there and i am tell you what the list is changing as well because I had Kyler Murray a lot higher on my list um at the start of the year than I do right now but it is an ever-moving sort of you know list and you know the Cardinals for as great as Colt McCoy was the week before you know then they got ninered in Mexico City on you know on Monday night and and you know made to look like you know he should be a backup quarterback, but that's that's what you've got. The question is now is, are you going to get a backup quarterback in Green Bay? Now that we know that the Packers are 4-7, and seven, haven't had their bye yet, have to go to Philadelphia to face the uh, Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday Night Football, and Green Bay now has a quarterback with a broken thumb, a thumb that apparently has been broken since their loss to the Giants that we just mentioned in uh, Week 5 in their their game in London. But I don't think that's the only I don't think that's the reason why Green Bay hasn't been playing well. I think it's one of the, uh, the reasons Green Bay was three and one heading into that Giants game. But that's when Aaron Rodgers suffered the injury and then ended up going on that five game losing streak. But the questions now with the thumb injury, Aaron, with the. Record with the likely loss added to the record on Sunday night. Not a given, but if they go to four and eight, by all intents and purposes, you're out of the playoff picture, considering right now you're three games back in the loss column for the final wild card spot in the NFC. That's a lot to make up in a little time. The question now comes what do you do with Aaron Rodgers? But it's not only for the rest of the season, it's long term. And I would love to have an answer to this. But I don't know what you do with Aaron Rodgers. And I've heard a lot of Jordan Love this week. And, hey, you know, move on from Rodgers, trade him in the offseason, you know, have Jordan Love. Jordan, you know what, Jordan Love should start the rest of the year. Uh, get a look at Jordan Love. And I just don't think it's as easy as that. There, there are so many questions and pitfalls that could come from punting on Aaron Rodgers' season, could be punting on Aaron Rodgers' career with with Green Bay, or just bringing in a guy like Jordan Love. Like, I don't know. Here's, here's an example. And this is almost like a therapy session with you, Aaron, because I'm just going to say what I think. I don't know if it's beneficial for the Packers for for Jordan Love to play because I don't know if he's more valuable in having the unknown mm-hmm. in such little you know, experience. Like, if they put Jordan Love out there for the final three or four games of the season and they're out of it, I, I, does that tell another team that, hey, Jordan Love isn't isn't our guy? Is Jordan Love going to be good enough for Green Bay to say, we're going to punt on the fifty million dollars we're paying on you know a year on Aaron Rodgers to be our quarterback? I don't think you get the answers in that six game stretch and maybe the answer you get is one that's going to diminish any sort of trade value that you could have for Jordan Love I just I don't think it's as simple of just being like if Rogers is hurt the Packers are out of it throw Jordan Love in there I, I don't think it's that simple
6: it's a great point by you Dan um, it, it was funny so myself and Arnie Spanier filled in for Doug on Friday I believe of last week um, and we had uh, Mark Dominic on and, and Arnie asked Mark Dominic, you know would you give Jordan Love a shot this was obviously after the Thursday night debacle against Tennessee. And Mark Dominic said you play Aaron Rodgers until you're mathematically eliminated. And so I know there's some new context with injuries and all that stuff, but I, I just bring it up because to me um, – I do tend to agree with you. I, I don't, it's one of those where I think everybody thinks there's this like clear, definitive answer of you ride with Aaron Rodgers no matter what, especially if he's willing to play. Uh, you bench Aaron Rodgers so that it, so that he can get healthy and so that you can give Jordan Love a shot. But it, it is the context of so much, right? Because if you play Jordan Love and he's not great and we don't think he'll be great based on what we've seen, then it's, it's a multifold effect, right? Because He've only killed his trade ability, the ability to trade him or his value. But now if you're a Packers fan, there's now pressure within the organization of we can't really ride with this guy post Aaron Rodgers. Right. So now you have to have the backup plan to the backup plan to the backup plan, where I think to your point, you know, one. I, you know, unless I, unless Jordan Love is just way better than we realize, um, Aaron still gives you the best chance to to win enough to hypothetically sneak into a wild card spot. Even though I think we all understand that that's not happening, he puts you in the best position. But then, two, if Jordan Love isn't probably better than we all expect him to be it's almost a no-win situation because then you realize he's not the future but then you can't get rid of him and so this does feel like one of those situations where you keep him hidden for as long as you can unless you absolutely think
5: that he is the heir apparent he's a budding star and you want to show him off to the world do you think it was worth it for green bay to hold on to rogers now that we know that they didn't win a super bowl because i i don't I, I don't think that it was this year or like dating back to when they drafted Jordan love uh, just um, over the last two years when it seemed like Rodgers wanted out because he was telling teams in the 2020 season, the COVID year of like, Hey, I want out. And that's where this all started. Green Bay is like, we're not going to trade you. We're going to bring you back. So then there was, you know, there was the MVP season that year. And then there was another MVP season last year Um was it was it worth it for Green Bay Did they make the right move by keeping him there?
6: I mean, I still think so, and I'll tell you why, and I know you already have kind of said you disagree. I just think, you know, and I use this analogy all the time, right, but it is the cliche Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. And I get that they did not win the ultimate prize, which is the Vince Lombardi trophy. But we all know as fans because we have been there. It's a lot more fun to go whatever they have, you know, what they finished last year, fourteen and three in the regular season and end up not winning you know, obviously they lost to San Francisco in the playoffs. It's a lot more fun as a fan than to show up at the stadium knowing that you have no real hope, right? Like I don't think there's I'm trying to think of an example of a team. Um, you know, if you're a I'm just trying to spitball here, if you're the Carolina Panthers right now, like I, I think it's been a lot more fun to show to the stadium as a Packers fan, even if you don't have that ultimate prize, then showing up basically knowing you have no real chance to win at the highest level, and yeah, maybe this Sunday will be okay, but in the bigger picture, there's going to be a lot more wins and losses, so I think it was worth it, um, but I, I, I'm curious to hear your point, and I, I think I'm going to understand your point, even if I ultimately disagree with
5: yeah, you. Yeah, the, the, just the reason of the point, and again, it's hindsight's 2020. but so now if you're, if you're Green Bay, it, it goes back to this. What value could you get from Aaron Rodgers right now if you were to trade him? Sure. His deal is worth $50 million a year. His value is not as good as it was coming off of, uh, you know, I know he's off of two MVP seasons prior to that, but his value isn't what it is right now. Like after the 2020 MVP season, Rodgers was still in his late 30s as he is now. What you say, 39? He's going to be late. Yeah. Is it later this month or you know, early December? There? Yeah. Next month yeah. or so. Yeah. So in the next couple, couple of weeks. So two years ago, you had an opportunity to trade a 37 year old quarterback who had, what, maximum two or three years to trade? Or two or three years of great value? Man, 40 years old, Tom Brady is doing is unheard of. And it doesn't mean that Aaron Rodgers could just go and do it. And that's the point of them not winning does really make it hindsight being twenty twenty Because now you look at it, it's like, what could you trade? What could you get for Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback with a $50 million contract, with a broken thumb, and now a guy who on December 2nd is going to be 39 years old. So when you have him, he's going to be creeping on 40. And I just think that, like, trading him now would, would show it's it's not a cutting of your losses. It's just it, it reveals that maybe you're not doing a great job as a general manager. There are yeah. tough decisions that have to be made. John Schneider and the Seahawks and Pete Carroll had a tough decision with Russell Wilson. And Adam Kaplan, is who's going to be coming up in 10 minutes, has told us for years that Russ isn't going to be there long term. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. They ended up doing it when the timing was right and got the most that they could get. And now when you look at at what Green Bay could get for Aaron Rodgers as opposed to what they could have gotten off of him coming off of an MVP season – like, this was just this all kind of known. Like, there was nothing that happened between now and then um, that, that has changed or made anything different. And so now if you do the deal, I just think it's being bad as a general manager and not sticking to your plan and sticking to your guns. If they, they trade them now, it's almost admitting that they just they messed up because they should have traded them two years ago.
6: So here's so. a dumb thought. Isn't aren't we in this situation because we know they have a bad GM or they at least have a GM that did not hit? Because the reason that Aaron Rodgers ultimately wanted out, right, was because they drafted a player to replace him with no warning, and obviously we know the stat—he's the only uh, Jordan Love is the um, only—you know—the only. Skill position? Uh, Yeah, offensive player that they've taken in the last 10 years or whatever it was in the first round. And so I bring it up because you're kind of telling on yourself where you you draft a replacement who not only through now three years has not proven an ability to be the guy. So you missed on the pick itself, but you also missed on your evaluation of Aaron Rodgers, right? So it's kind of, to me, you've already proven it, and now by doubling down it, Feel like things are worse, and again, it does reveal maybe who you are as a GM because you aren't going to get anything close to max value for a 39 year old. Um, and so I think that that's kind of the, 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 like you can argue, well, you know, it shows kind of what kind of GM you are. I think we're in this position because they've mismanaged this from the beginning, if that makes sense.
5: Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Nobody wants to be the guy to trade Aaron Rodgers, nobody, nobody does, but look at being the guy that traded Russell Wilson. And now look at the flowers that he's getting. Sure. You know, even in, even in Detroit, like Detroit makes the Matthew Stafford trade with the Rams. And I think it's a win-win. I think the Lions are happy with where they at and are, are at the turnaround. I know this year hasn't gone well for the Rams, but the Rams got their Super Bowl. They won their Super Bowl last year. So you got to be happy with that deal. I think that that was part of the problem. And it was tough to sell the fan base, just like it was tough in Seattle to tell, to tell the fan base that, you know what? We are trading Russell Wilson. Look at what the Seahawks' expectations were with their own fan base entering this year. And now look at what an awesome ride it's been because the team has played better. Maybe Green Bay needs to play better on defense. Maybe it's, you know, coaching as well. And Joe Barry's getting enough flack there. Just a lot going on in Green Bay. And I just, I don't know if turning the, you know, back to the main point of all this, I don't know if turning to Jordan Love is the answer. And well, I don't think that there's any guarantee just because he was a first round pick that Jordan Love deserve deserves the opportunity to be the starter because he has if he hasn't shown it or you have no opportunity to you know it's it's not like he was the second overall pick Aaron he was 26th overall so. There's no no huge need to be like, we have to. This is a must at the sake of everything. We have to get a look at this guy. I just don't think so.
6: Well, and I think to go back to the original premise of the segment, you not being sure, me not. like, like This is one where we can have a conversation. I know that some people in our business think you have to have a strong opinion one way or the other. And I think some of the best segments that, that we do on Fox Sports Radio is when there is no definitive answer. And I think to that point, what makes this conversation interesting is you keep referencing. Russell Wilson Um, but there's another good example of when he gave up on the quarterback too early and that was Tom Brady going to Tampa and immediately winning a Super Bowl and so that again proves the point of the segment which is there is no easy answer because if you give and you're wrong and Aaron Rodgers goes somewhere else and has success two, three years ago when he p- was playing at an MVP level, then he look really bad. But if you, if you stick with it for just the right amount of time and you know that it's the right time to sell, then you're going to look really smart like Schneider and Pete Carroll do right now. And again, I think it plays perfectly into the concept that this is maybe one of those ones that we don't have the perfect answer for uh, and there isn't a definitive yes or no.
5: Welcome to the Fox Sports Radio tailgate presented by the Big Green Egg. Nothing beats the flavor of live fire cooking on a Big Green Egg. It's the most versatile grill you'll ever own, backed by a lifetime warranty. Roll with the best. Shop online for free delivery at BigGreenEgg.com. Lifetime warranty, free home delivery, BigGreenEgg.com.